As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on the Chicago Bears Review, our beloved took the field on Sunday looking to erase the disappointment of their loss to Detroit before the bye, continue Minnesota's losing streak in Soldier Field, and get their first NFC North win of the season. Did the Bears get the job done, or have they started an all-new losing streak? All of this and so much more on the Week 8 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Just when you thought it was safe to feel confident about a late lead for our beloved Chicago Bears, the last two minutes of the game happened, and now we're looking at a two-game losing streak and a two-and-five record. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 8 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and it was uh, it was a disappointing day, that's for sure, or a disappointing finish to it anyway the bears were on their way to making a real statement that uh you know they may not be playoff ready this year but uh you know if they can hang with a contender and beat one in the minnesota vikings then you know they just might be somebody that you have to worry about this year and really worry about in 2016 if the bears make the make the right moves it's just um man it was disappointing i mean that they they got off to a really slow start, especially on offense. That was aggravating beyond belief. You'll hear me talk about that during the uh, the knee-jerk reactions. But, um, you know, a, a decidedly slow start on, on offense. And it really actually wasn't much of anything that the Vikings were doing. It was what we were doing. Uh, and, you know, it was it was almost like we'd handed Tressman the playbook for a while because the Vikings could see us coming a mile away. Uh, over and over again with the screen pass, uh, you know, onto the outside. I mean, you know, Eddie Royal, um, who left the game with a knee injury. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, he, he left the game with a knee injury, caught three passes for two yards. All three of them were those stupid screens that either got stuffed for nothing or, you know, barely got any yardage because he averaged .6 yards a reception on Sunday. That's difficult to do. To average less than a yard per reception, that's very difficult. So, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff we were doing in the first half. We were being very stingy or um, stubborn, I guess would be the word, about running the football. We were just sticking to the run, and we weren't doing that. We were running through the pass with those screen passes and everything. And it wasn't until late in the second quarter and into the second half of the football game that we started to move the football down the field, throw the ball uh, downfield. That's when the offense really started moving and started clicking uh, and, and making a difference uh, in the football game. So, but, um, you know, it just, um, you know, we had Minnesota by the throats. We had this game well in our control, uh, especially after Jay Cutler's touchdown run in the fourth quarter, um, you know, and then, like I said, the last two minutes of the game uh, happened and the Vikings come back to win the game. Uh, 23 to 20 at the, the basically the same way they did it the last time they won a game they had to put a drive together they had to get in a field goal range and kick a field goal as time expires and it, that's exactly the way it went down so it was uh very disappointing to uh to watch it go down the way it did and you know second week in a row we lost a game that we should have won i mean guys we should be we should be on a four game winning streak right now with Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, and then Minnesota in Chicago, those were four winnable games. We only won two of them. And the two games that we lost are the games that actually meant more 
in the NFC North games to the Lions and the Vikings. We are 0-3 in the division. We played each team one time. We lost to Green Bay week one and then, you know, Detroit and Minnesota these last two football games, um, you know. But we're undefeated against the AFC West, so at least John Fox is still uh, making his presence known in that division. Uh, we get team number three this coming Monday on Monday Night Football in the San Diego Chargers, a team uh, that is... Uh, that has an equally disappointing record in two and six. I guess that would be a little more disappointing, but this is a team that was supposed to be number two behind the Broncos as far as being that team in the AFC West that was going to challenge for a playoff spot. And uh, unless there is a huge change in the tide, uh, San Diego looks like they're just playing out the string uh, at this point. They have lost four in a row uh, coming into this game on Monday, but we'll talk more about that on Thursday night when we preview this game between the Bears and the Chargers on uh, Thursday. And this coming Monday is when the game takes place. We'll have Matt Stanley from Bolts from the Blue uh, on SB Nation to uh, talk about the Chargers and where, they, where they've where they been, where they, where they are, and where they're going to be uh, as the 2015 campaign uh, rolls along. So looking forward to having that, uh, having that chat. But, um, you know, back to the to the question at hand here, to the matter at hand. Uh, this game uh, on Sunday, uh, I've said it a thousand times already, it was disappointing. It really was. I mean, uh, heartbreaking, I guess, would probably be a better word uh, because we played so well uh, in the game. The defense, um, you know, Adrian Peterson got 103 yards, but he didn't take over the game. You know, he, he, he got his yards. He a- actually averaged five yards a carry, but he wasn't dominating the game he wasn't taking over there wasn't a drive that was like man that was an adrian peterson drive he really put that together it really didn't happen like that teddy bridgewater was was kind of rusty i don't want to say rusty because they haven't had any time off but he really was he was kind of an accurate uh you know he was rushed in the we only sacked him once and that happened later on uh in the football game but you know we were getting after after bridgewater you know he was you know inaccurate on and off throughout the football game he really wasn't on the way he's been uh at times uh this year and um you know we picked him off we got an interception uh from him uh and 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 everything and um you know but it was the the self-inflicted mistakes that the bears made uh to themselves uh especially on special teams once again special teams is going to be the death of this team it has been the death of this team so far, and it ended up being the the death of this football game uh, because even though it took place in the first quarter, as you'll hear me talk about in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, even though it ended up having, you know, happening in the first quarter, it really was the difference in the football game. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Vikings after the first quarter, and it's been kind of an irritating game uh, so far. Uh, we're doing very well on defense. The Vikings, uh, aside from a couple of decent runs from Adrian Peterson, and by decent, I mean about eight yards or so, haven't been able to move the ball on the Bears. They've punted at the end of every drive so far. Um, but again, the Vikings are winning because special teams being the Achilles heel. Anyone who heard the preview show asked, heard me ask uh, Chris Gates if there was anything that, uh, you know, if we should be worried about the punt return or kick. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Return teams. He told me if Cordero Patterson was the guy returning the ball, probably not. Well, 
Cordero Preston wasn't returning the football when the you know when uh, they ran it back for a touchdown on us today. It was Cheryl's was the guy's name that uh, 65 yard punt return for a touchdown. He was untouched. Uh, I can't remember the last time the Bears gave up a punt return uh, for a touchdown, but uh, it did happen uh, today. On offense for the Bears, it's been really really odd. We've been really great on first down. You know, decent runs from Forte, um, you know, so far in the game. We're running the ball. I think we've maybe only thrown the ball a couple of times when we weren't uh, doing those those damn bubble screens. Uh, those seem to be the only only pass that we're trying is the bubble screens. Like, for some reason, we don't trust Cutler or, or whatever uh, the case may be. We're not trying to get the ball uh, downfield. Every pass that, I, that I'm that I'm thinking of here in the game so far has been like thrown out to the flat and then leaving our, our, our guys to run out there. We have a healthy wide receiving core. We've run almost every down and we're not running, we're not running the ball. We're throwing it out wide and, and leaving our, our guys to try to, you know, get their own yards uh, and everything. So, Hopefully in the second quarter we start taking some shots down the field to try to move the football. This is the second best scoring defense in the NFL. They don't give up a lot of points, so points are going to be at a premium today. The Bears do have a 55-yard field goal from Robbie Gold uh, in the opening drive uh, You know, as our only points on the board. But as they start the second quarter, the Vikings have the football, and we're down 7-3. to three. So as you heard me say, the number two scoring defense in the league, which means they allow the second least amount of points or average the second least amount of points in the entire NFL. And I think they were only like point two points behind the number one team uh, in the league. And, uh, you know, so points were going to be at a premium, which means we can't keep giving up these free points on special teams. We absolutely cannot do that. Uh, and for anybody wondering or if anyone was the, the last punt return, it technically wasn't a punt return. But you guys remember that uh, that return against Carolina last year where the running back or the safety or whatever plowed into the kick returner. The ball goes bouncing around. Uh, and while everyone's kind of oohing and aahing over the hit, the guy that got crushed into picks up the football and runs it back for a touchdown. So I guess technically that would be the last punt return that, that somebody ran back on the Bears. But aside from that one, uh, I can't think of one. Uh, however, you know, back to the point, uh, you know, it was another it was a it was a punt return this time instead of a kick return. Sixty five yards. No one laid a finger on the kid. And, you know, he goes into the into the end zone. And just like that, uh, it went from a three three nothing bear advantage to a seven to three. Uh, advantage for the Vikings and those those are the points that ended up you know being the difference uh, in, in the football game you know the because the Vikings did not score a touchdown on their own until that fourth quarter in the last few minutes that was the only touchdown that they scored on offense uh, in the game you know the rest were, were were field goals when they got in range Blair Walsh was three for three uh, on Sunday for the Vikings uh, the rest of it was, you know, the the Vikings struggling to be able to get the ball into the end zone, much like the same problem that the Bears have. Uh, the Vikings were pretty good from, you know, in the middle of the field. But when they got close, uh, you know, in the red zone and near the red zone, being able to close the deal is something they had a tremendous amount of difficulty with. And the Bears were able to hold them off and, and save for field goals on the on the chance that they weren't punting the ball back uh, to the Bears. So, I mean, without that punt return, the Bears kind of, you know, win this game, you know, rather easily. It's, it's a 20-16 a to 16 final instead of, you know, the 23-20 to 20, uh, a final. You know, this is, you know, the difference between, you know, th basically the difference between the Bears uh, and the Vikings. You know, the, the Vikings didn't make a critical mistake uh, at the end of the football game. Teddy Bridgewater made his mistake early on in the game, and, had they, you know, the Vikings had plenty of time uh, to recover uh, from it. Uh, you know, obviously the Bears making a, a mistake in the first quarter is one that the Bears had time to recover from. They eventually took the lead in the game. But, you know, it just, it, it's, it doesn't quite feel the same to me. You know what I mean? It just, it just feels like, you know, the, the points that the Bears got, they earned. 
you know they they made the interception on Bridgewater they took that in for a touchdown they you know they drove the length of the field they kicked their field goals they scored their touchdowns with Jay Cutler in the fourth quarter uh, and so on you know they they earned what they got from Minnesota and Minnesota didn't earn all the points that they got from Bears uh, on Sunday that freebie in the punt return game you know that's the kind of stuff that's going to kill uh the bears and so while they played in a near perfect game on special teams last week against the lions aside from that that fake punt that ended up being a huge play uh in the game you know it's special teams that's going to kill us every single time and it's just disappointing to keep watching it happen uh over and over again so i mean the bears are extremely vulnerable on special teams and just about every opponent we've had thus far has taken advantage of it one way or the other. And in this case, uh, it ended up being a play that, that you know, was the difference uh, in the football game. So, but, uh, you know, moving on to the second quarter, uh, the Bears were able to even things up uh, going into the half. And uh, after they made some, uh, you know, made their own mark and, and, and uh, you know, seemed to kind of be taking momentum from the Vikings going into the, going into the half. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Vikings. And, you know, if, if the last two minutes of the second half uh, the, of the uh, second quarter hadn't taken place, this would be a very different knee-jerk reaction to be one filled with frustration at Adam Gase and the offense because the Bears, uh, for the most part, aside from maybe about three or four different throws, refused to throw the ball down the field. Uh, Jake Cutler at one what one point was like seven for nine for like twelve yards because of all of the laterals and quick screens off to the side that the Bears kept throwing there. Uh, you know, like I said, they were doing well on first down, usually getting at least four or five yards on first down, setting up a second and, and mid range opportunity, and then you know the side screens and, and everything else. The Vikings were 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 clamping down on that. It's like they they know the Bears are doing it and. They're leaning on it, and they're waiting for it, and they're you know they're ready for it every single time. But uh, fast forward to about three minutes to go in the second quarter, and Kyle Fuller, for the first time this year, intercepts a Teddy Bridgewater pass, takes it down to about the thirty-yard line. A few plays later, uh, Jay finds Alshon Jeffrey in the end zone for the touchdown to tie it at ten ten. The Vikings added a field goal to start the uh, second quarter. And that's where we stand right now. We're tied 10-10, but the Bears were able to take uh, advantage of a mistake that our opponent made. We got the football back. We made an, you know, we made the interception. We got the turnover, converted it into a touchdown, and uh, you know, and we get the football back to start the second half. So things on the upswing going into halftime with momentum. It's tied 10-10, and the Bears get the ball to start the second half. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it turned out to be, you know, the, the fourth quarter and the second quarter kind of mirrored uh, each other because the first majority of the quarter told one story and then how the, how the quarter ended told a completely different one. You know, going into those final three minutes before Kyle Fuller's first interception of the year, uh, it, like I said, it was like the offense was just just so stubborn so stubborn almost ignorant to a point to keep throwing those those screens out wide i mean they even threw stuff like that to martellus bennett uh, out there i mean we were doing absolutely nothing with it it was no joke when i said that at one point jake cutler whose accuracy or you know his um you know attempts and completions were good like seven for nine and eight for eleven whatever it was but he only had he had less than 15 yards passing and he'd completed like seven passes. That's how bad it was. That's how we weren't taking any shots down the field. Then all of a sudden we get the interception, and it was a 21-yard touchdown pass to, to Alshon in the corner of the end zone. One of those throws where only Alshon's going to go up there and get it, uh, you know, showing why he is definitely a number one wide receiver and showing us all what we've been missing while he's been out. I mean, that, that dynamic playmaking ability that he's had, you know, sometimes mostly in, in spurts and stuff at times, but I mean, he's definitely he's been hot since he's came since he's come back uh, last week against Detroit this week against Minnesota over 100 yards in both games touchdown catches uh, in both games a difference maker uh, in both games. Absolutely. So the Bears finally taking advantage of a mistake that our opponent makes, as I mentioned before, and evening things up and taking control of the football game going into the half with the ability to go in for more. 
and uh, you know coming out of the second half with the with the football in their hands and you know kind of ready to you know take control of this football game for sure but problems crop up in the third quarter as far as being able to finish drives again and you know having to settle for field goals again we make one we miss one and i know you're going to say well larry if if robbie gold missed the field goal how come that wasn't the difference in the game it's like well you know it it was i mean that was the difference between it being tied at 23 at the end of the game instead of you know the vikings winning but you know it's it wasn't quite as critical as giving up that punt return and giving up points that the defense couldn't stop because the defense aside from the last few minutes of the first quarter did an outstanding job bottling up the entire uh, Viking offense if it wasn't for Adrian Peterson they really had no offense I mean Teddy Bridgewater only finished the game with 178 yards passing uh, in the football game so he didn't come out and just blow us out of the water or anything like that he was you know for the most part fairly ineffective and we just let him keep hanging around until they finally took the game away from us in the final seconds uh, of the game but um, you know as you hear me talk about in the fourth in the third quarter the Vikings weren't able to do anything but the Bears weren't doing much more. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Vikings. And offensively, a much better quarter from the Bears. Uh, moving the ball very, very well. Um, ran into some problems. Again, stop me if you've heard this before. In the red zone. And uh, had to settle for a Robbie Gold field goal. Took the opening drive down the field. Moved the ball very well. Had to settle for a field goal there. Uh, got the ball back. The Vikings... You know, doing okay. They're they're having much more success running the ball than they are throwing uh, the football. Teddy Bridgewater a little bit off today, not quite as on target. Maybe he was rattled by the Kyle Fuller uh, interception earlier, but he has not exactly been taking over the game through the pass. And Adrian Peterson is is a hit and miss runner so far. He's got he'll get six runs, then he'll get stuffed for one, or you know things like that. Uh, it's kind of the day he's had. I just uh, the last run before the third quarter ended, the announcer said he's got 90 yards rushing uh, on the day so far. Uh, the Bears got a second drive, moved the ball down the field again very well, uh, had to settle once again for a 51-yard field goal attempt, and the wind has been kind of crazy on the end of the field that the Bears were on, so Robbie Gold tried to adjust for the, the wind gust and got no help from the wind and ended up hooking it uh, to the left. And uh, so the field goal attempt was no good. His first miss of the season, nonetheless. But the positive is that as we head into the fourth quarter, the Bears are up 13-10. to 10, So we're winning the game right now. And uh, defense is holding strong against the offense of the Vikings. So three through three quarters, the, the defense had only given up three points. And that, that's... That's significant. It should have been a 10-point lead for the Bears going into the fourth quarter, 13-3, to as opposed to 13-10 to because of the freebie touchdown. I'm going to beat that into the ground if I haven't already, the, the, the goddamn special teams uh, play. just drives me nuts. I'm so sick because I'm, 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 we were spoiled, folks. We were spoiled. In the lovey years, we were absolutely spoiled with Dave Toe being the special teams coordinator, having top five special teams units year in and year out pretty much every year that Lovey was uh, was head coach. And ever since he's left town, special teams has been nothing but an Achilles heel and a big, big problem uh, for the Bears. And it seems to be getting a, you know, a bigger and bigger problem uh, as we go along because it, it's making difference in ballgames now. Uh, you know, it's really affecting the outcome of the game as opposed to it affecting field position like it had in the past. It's affecting the outcome of the games now. So instead of always, you know, giving up, you know, decent returns and the Bears always getting backed up in, into their deep in their own territory kind of thing. Now we're giving up points and digging deeper holes for ourselves for an offense that can't quite seem to get itself into the end zone on a consistent basis and, you know, a defense that's doing the best that it can but has to constantly dig itself out of holes because of points that is, you know, that are going against them that they have nothing to do with. So, you know, it, it's completely frustrating to to see that. You know, as, as good as the offense can be at times getting into the end zone, especially in the third quarter of that game, the, the field goal that Robbie Gold made at the start of the third quarter was only 33 yards. So if you do, this, if you do the math, it's, you, know, you adjust eight yards for the snap of the ball where the holder holder is to, or excuse me, where the snapper is to where the holder is, about seven or eight yards. 
and then you add 10 yards for the end zone. So subtract 18 from that 33. The Bears were at the 15-yard line when they had to when they had to kick the field goal. So they were in the red zone that time. Now, I know a 51-yard field goal means they were on the, about the 30, 32, 33 uh, yard line. So still outside the red zone, but close enough. You know, they're, they're, they're there. They're in, the, in that deep, deeper end uh, of the field. And like I said, the, the winds were kind of swirling. You could see the flags on top of the goalpost, you know, kind of flapping in the wind. And you actually even saw Robbie Gold kind of, you know, almost with his arm kind of point that he wanted to, to push it to the left a little bit so that the wind could push it uh, to the right and he ended up pushing it a little too much and got no love uh, from the wind uh, on it and then ended up uh, hooking it. I mean, 51 yards, he had plenty of distance for it. No problem, uh, you know, getting the distance. It was that the the correction that he made, he overcorrected for what he thought the wind was going to do and then got no love from the wind uh, at all. So that, uh, you know, ended up uh, being a dead, being a, a no no drive for the, for the Bears, no go on, on, on that one. So... But then going into the fourth quarter, the 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 Vikings add a field goal uh, to tie it up at 13, and then Jay has this awesome touchdown run because I don't think I talk about it in the fourth quarter. I was too uh, wrapped up in what happened in the last couple of minutes. Um, Jay had an awesome run. It was one of those things where it was just like, Jay, dude, that was awesome. Don't ever freaking do that again, okay? Because he takes off takes off running. The Bears are actually in the red zone again takes off running and gets inside the five and decides to lower his shoulder and run over Harrison Smith, the safety uh, for the uh, Vikings, the guy that actually took out Matt Forte earlier in the quarter, uh, clipped him right in his his knee to make a tackle and end up buckling his knee. Uh, John Fox says no surgery required for him or for Eddie Royal, so nothing season-ending. And talking about Jeremy Langford being the starter going forward, we'll talk more about him in a minute. But... um, you know, he decides that he's going to take on Harrison Smith and run him over. And I even read in the articles afterwards that he instantly regretted his decision because I guess uh, Harrison put a decent pop on him. But he got into the end zone for the touchdown, and the Bears took that 20 to 13 lead with about, I don't know, five minutes to go uh, in the game. They were able to get the ball back uh, from Minnesota and. Uh, that's where things kind of went bad uh, for them after that. They they had a drive that that uh, could have been extended. Then there was a mistake. Then the Vikings got the ball back, and things really fell apart from there. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Vikings. And five minutes ago, the Bears had this thing in, their, in the palm of their hand. And, uh, you know, as the, 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 the seconds ticked away, Blair Walsh kicked the field goal to win it for the Vikings 23-20. to 20. Uh, It all fell apart so quickly. It, it just – the defense played so well, it held on throughout the entire football game. And in the last two drives, gave up a touchdown and gave up a big play that got the Vikings within field goal range that got them uh, the win. <sighs> It very frustrating to see because the Bears, the Bears should have won second week in a row. We lost the game that we should have won. We should have beaten uh, Detroit before the bye week. We should have won this game uh, as well. Uh, just another case of the offense not being able to finish the deal uh, in in the uh, in the red zone. Uh, two two of the field goal drives, you know should have been should have been polished off and put into the end zone as well also special teams being the Achilles heel yet again uh the Vikings only scored 16 points uh on offense but that extra touchdown that they got on the punt return in the first quarter ends up being the difference uh in the game and when you're an offense that is struggling to put the ball in the end zone the way the Bears are you can't be giving up three points to your opponent like that so that is why the Bears lost the game today still can't finish off in the in the in the red zone still giving up points on special teams defense held strong right up until the very end and then just basically just gave up no well not gave up that gave way I guess you know the Vikings broke through finally there at the end scoring their first touchdown in the fourth quarter uh Stefan Diggs uh being uh, on the big play there but Valiant effort from the defense until the very last two drives of the football game. 
The offense did well, of course, till it reached the red zone, even though we lost Forte early in the second half. And special teams, special teams is going to be the death of us all year. So the Bears fall to two and five, and we get ready to go on the road to San Diego for Monday Night Football next week. <laughs> So you didn't hear me mention the the last drive before Minnesota scored uh, their their points. The the Bears had the football, uh, were moving it down the field, got to about a third and five situation, and um, Cutler broke the pocket. He's rolling out to his right. He sees Jeremy Langford, who at that point uh, had been in the game for as consistently as our our starting running back for about a quarter at that point. I think Matt Forte went down with about eight and a half minutes gone. Uh, in the third quarter, um, you know, uh, Cutler finds him out there, throws it. Now, granted, the throw wasn't the greatest, okay? It was a little bit behind uh, Langford because he had to turn turn back a little bit to try to to get to it. However, when the ball hits you in the chest, you got to come down with it. You got to do that. Um, it was It was also a case of running before he caught the ball. He kind of turned his head away from it and was looking upfield, you know, probably trying to find out where the marker was and get the first down. Um, he would have gotten the first down if he had just merely caught the football. Uh, and, you know, who knows what thing, what could have happened there. Would extended would have extended the drive. The Bears would have, you know, drained more of the, more of the clock. They had a seven-point lead at the time. Things could have been very, very different uh, at that point. And um, instead, we ended up having to punt. The, the Vikings take the ball down the field. They score the tying field goal. The Bears do nothing with the following drive. And then the Vikings come back and kick the game-winning uh, field goal to take the to steal one. Basically, they stole that one uh, this time uh, in Chicago. Their first win in Soldier Field since 2007, which was Adrian Peterson's first game in Chicago where he just went nuts and rushed for like 230 yards uh, against the Bears and like three touchdowns and uh, a crazy crazy game if 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 there's a game that that needs to be shown on like NFL replay just a classic uh, NFC North battle that's definitely one that should be checked out but uh, you know don't watch the end of it because it'll drive you crazy um, you know Jeremy Langford played very well uh, in the game right up until that point that it's one of those things where the rest of what he did in the football game will kind of be ignored because of the one mistake that he made that ended up being critical. Uh, you know, it's not the it's not the play that lost us the football game, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a big play and one that he did not deliver. So uh, he ended up actually being the leading rusher for the Bears in the game. He only had 46 yards. Forte left the game with 41 uh, when he left in the in the third quarter. So you know, Langford was was having a decent day running the football and you know doing very well i mean it just and this is not a slight at all to matt forte but we didn't seem to miss matt all that much in the football game until of course it came to jeremy langford doing the one thing matt forte probably wouldn't have done in that situation which is drop the football so um you know i know that matt forte is not perfect in the passing game but he's got some of the surest hands of any running back in the nfl and you know pretty fairly certain that he would not have dropped the football uh at that point uh in that situation so it's just one of those things that's uh you know let it be a motivating factor for him let let it let it be one of those things that that Langford is determined never to repeat you know not gonna not gonna let my team down in a critical moment like that uh ever again you know he's pretty much pretty much looks like he's going to be the starter for us next Monday against the Chargers so he'll have plenty of opportunities to make it up to us and his teammates uh next week so you know oh what can you say you know the defense like i said played valiantly uh right up until the end and uh you know those last couple of drives were killer uh gave up basically two big plays that ended up being the difference in those drives the first one being to uh stefan diggs who took like a you know like an eight round uh, you know stop and go pattern and he catches the football then he turns to the inside and somehow shook Sherrick McManus right out of his shoes and pretty much went untouched into the end zone from there it ended up being a big like 40 plus yard uh, reception for him for the touchdown and then in the final drive where the Vikings set up their field goal 
Uh, Teddy Bridgewater kind of uh, breaks the pocket, rolls to his right, and throws it deep down the field uh, to Charles. Uh, well, to, in the area, it looked like it was a surefire uh, interception. Uh, Antro Roll was basically right there to catch it, and then Charles Johnson comes literally out of nowhere and steps in front of Antro Roll and catches the football. Ended up being a big 35-yard reception, and that reception right there put them in field goal range. They ran another play to get it on the hash that Blair Walsh wanted it on and kicked the game-winning field goal uh, from there. So, you know, aside from those two big plays, the defense played well enough to win the game, but it's, you know, those two big plays that each of those drives that ended up being the major difference uh, in the outcome, especially in those final moments uh, of the game. So, you know, we've got plenty to work with here. It is two. We are two and five. Not where we want it to be at this point. Um, and, you know, definitely not 0-3 in the division. We definitely did not want that. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, we still have nine games left. Uh, in the season we got this road game at san diego next week this is a team that's aching for a win and it's on the west coast which i'm not a huge fan of it's kind of tipping towards the chargers uh, especially with our vulnerability in the secondary uh you know i just feel like you know philip rivers threw for 500 yards against the packers a couple of weeks ago um, you know, he could probably throw for 800 against the secondary, the way that our the way that our corners have trouble uh, from time to time. So unless our pass rush can really get after uh, Rivers next week, it could be a long, long night uh, for the secondary and for us Bear fans having to watch uh, watch Philip Rivers damn near break the scoreboard on us. Uh, you know, because if it's if that's any indication, uh, you know, it could be a long night for us uh, next week. So. We'll have to wait and see uh, on that. But, uh, you know, overall, it, it's it's a bittersweet game because we performed and played well enough to win the game. But the, the mistakes that we made were critical across the board. The, the mistakes made by the defense giving up those big plays at the end. Uh, you know, like I said before, the punt return, giving up points on special teams uh, when your offense is struggling to consistently put it into the end zone. I mean, it's just those little itty-bitty things that ended up that add up huge uh, to to the Bears losing the football game uh, on Sunday. So that's going to do it for the review. The Bears and the Vikings. We drop it twenty-three to twenty to Minnesota. The Bears fall to two and five. The Vikings rise to five and two. You know, I mean, and that's just how how big uh, a win that was, or how huge a loss it is for the Bears. If we win. We're three and four. The Vikings are four and three. We're only a game behind second place in the division. Instead, we're two and five. They're five and two. We're three games behind Minnesota, and they have the head-to-head advantage over us. And the next time we play, we have to play them in Minnesota, where we haven't won since 2010. So, you know, odds are not looking good for the Bears, you know, even in things out in the division as we go along. So there you have it. So... Uh, we fall to two and five, and that's the end of week number eight. As we get ready for week nine, what do you say we go ahead and wrap things up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. So here we are, bear up and bear down for week number eight review of the Chicago Bears review, and um, you know it's uh, it's a pretty even list uh, for the most part. Um, you know we'll start uh, with the easy one. Uh, bear up to uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, ten catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown in the football game. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like was that Alshon Jeffrey got 15 targets on Sunday and the next best was Martellus Bennett with five so we're, we're kind of getting a little bit of um, you know I don't know if it was just that's the the matchup that was working for us so we kept going back to it or what the situation may be but you know Marquise Wilson only had one catch Eddie Royal had those three stupid bubble screens uh, in there uh, Martellus Bennett had five targets with only three catches uh, in the game and one of them was one of those stupid screens as well um, you know, I think we're getting a little bit of a Brandon Marshall syndrome. I'm hoping it's not something that we continue to see over and over again, that Cutler's only throwing to, um, 
you know, Alshon Jeffrey over and over again, kind of beating it into the ground. But, um, you know, he did the most with his receptions, got a touchdown in there, made some big plays uh, on Sunday, definitely showing what we were missing uh, while he was gone, uh, nursing those uh, injuries. So bear up to to Jeffrey. Um, bear down to our red zone offense. Uh, we absolutely have to be able to finish drives. We, we got to be able to do it. And, um, you know, if, if uh, you know, I don't know if it's because we get conservative when we're in the red zone. We try to run it more when maybe we should try to pass and we try to pass after we've had success with the run. Not really sure what the what the deal seems to be with that. But we got to figure out what it is because these point differentials, if we're, you know, if the defense has a bad day and is giving up touchdowns instead of field goals and we're only bringing field goals to the table with offense and special teams for Pete's sake is giving up uh, points as well, that's how you get behind easy. That's how a football game can get away from you. And that's, you know, the difference between being four and three and two and five because we should have won these last two games against Minnesota and uh, Detroit. We should be a four and three team right now, but instead because of those miscues, because we can't finish drives, uh, because we couldn't finish those drives uh, two weeks ago against the Lions, um, you know, that's the reason we were given, we know we'd settle for field goals and we should have been touchdowns. That was the reason we were down 21 to 13 instead of being tied uh, at the half. And here with Minnesota, same thing. We should have been able to finish those drives uh, and put more points on the board, uh, you know, to give us a better advantage over over the Vikings. So we got to do something about that red zone offense to figure out what's not working uh, to 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 shore it up. So, um, well, we'll continue here. Bear down to Adam Gase. Um, you know, you're the offensive coordinator. You're the guy calling the plays. I don't know how much of the directive is from John Fox to stick with the run, but it was very, very Andy Reid-ish of, you know, of his days back in Philadelphia where, you know, before Philadelphia got their hands on like LaShawn McCoy and had a, a dynamic runner out of the backfield, they used to, to run with the pass. You know, they... They used to, uh, you know, instead of running the football in the backfield, they would do these little, you know, quick screens and, you know, uh, you know, back out of the backfield type passes uh, and such. And that's how they would they would run uh, the football back in the day. That's that kind of looked like what we were trying to do uh, against Minnesota. We weren't taking any shots down the field and it was well into the second quarter, as you heard me talk about in the knee jerk reaction before we started to push the ball down the field and then Alshon Jeffrey started blowing up. The next thing you know, we're moving the football and we're scoring points. So, um, you know, we, we can't be as stubborn uh, with that going forward, especially with Alshon Jeffrey being healthy uh, going into this uh, football game. And, uh, you know, it just, we, we got to do a better job of, of play calling uh, in that one. So um, bear up to Jay Cutler, uh, no turnovers, of any kind, no fumbles, no interceptions, no nothing in this game. Had the passing touchdown, a beautiful throw to Alshon uh, just before halftime, and then that uh, really awesome touchdown run. That was one of those, uh, AJ, that was awesome. Don't ever do that again kind of thing. You know, don't ever take on Harrison Smith head-on in the end zone again like that. Uh, you know, why don't you just slide that one in and see if we can't live to fight another day uh, from the one-yard line. So um, I'll take my chances there. Uh, you know, at uh, in, in the next time. So just don't do that because, uh, you know, we've had enough problems with injuries so far this year, so we don't need to add to it just because you really wanted to score that touchdown. So um, bear up to, to Jay for, for his efforts and, you know, for basically for, you know, not being the reason we lost this football game, for, for, for showing up and, and, and having a great performance. Uh, bear up to Jay. Uh, bear up to Jeremy Langford coming off the bench and really making it so that we don't miss – uh, Matt Forte he ended up being the leading rusher in the game with 46 yards uh, didn't get him into the end zone but then again we weren't in the red zone all that much on Sunday so uh, you know that's uh, not his fault but um, then I got to give him a bear down because that pass that he dropped in the fourth quarter that was huge that was huge we got to have that play we got to have that one so we got to come down with catches uh, like that and like I said you know in all fairness to to, to Jeremy Langford, the, the pass was a little bit behind him instead of, uh, you know, Jay leading him and kind of, uh, you know, getting the ball out in front of him. Uh, it kind of, you know, hit uh, him kind of up in his right 
shoulder type area but he got both hands on it and when you get both hands on it if you touch it you got to catch it and he didn't catch it and it was critical it was a we needed that play it would have helped uh you know move things along keep the ball in our favor we had the lead at the time and uh you know that was just huge we needed that one so uh you know got a bear up for your performance and then a bear down for for the miscue uh bear up to kyle fuller how about that he he does remember what the football looks like he he was able to uh make the interception and uh, make some moves to get the ball uh, up the field also uh you know was able to make some plays knock the ball down uh, you know as, as a couple of times on third down he batted some balls down to uh force the vikings into a punting situation and, and so on so a better performance still need more from our secondary but you know the first time in a long time we've been able to say anything positive about our cornerbacks especially kyle fuller who up to this point has been very disappointing especially the game that he had against the detroit lions a couple of weeks ago so uh bear up for the improvement and for the interception that we were able to turn into points uh on sunday so we need more of that from the defense going forward and uh you know we'll probably have a lot more success uh bear down to you know i don't i think maybe i should put this more on adam gase than on him but you know martellus bennett has been a non-factor in too many games this year for as as good uh, a tight end as he is uh, he's a good receiver he's a solid blocker we're not seeing enough martellus bennett we're not getting enough uh, from him now i don't know if this is because teams are scheming to take him out because the you know we know that uh, i mean it, w- it would make more sense earlier in the season when we were playing with the skeleton crew of wide receivers but you know now that uh you know alshon jeffrey is healthy marquise wilson uh is in there we don't know how long ada royal is going to be out but we have you know like bellamy and and mariani and meredith and so on that can fill in uh while while we're missing him um you know bennett should be more of a factor especially now that our wide receiving core is back to you know close to 100 percent now that royal's back out again but you know he should be more of a factor in the game and we're not seeing enough of him so i don't know if i put that on adam gase or if i should be giving the defense uh our defensive opponents a pat on the back for taking him out uh, of the game and and making it so that he's not really much of a factor but we need more from martellus bennett uh going forward I, I miss saying you know i miss seeing him catch the ball and do things with it the guy's a truck with feet i mean the guy's enormous six six 260 pounds and he's a tight end not a tackle but a tight end so we need to get the ball in his hands more and to let him do things let him do what he does uh with the football and last bear up goes to bryce callahan now you might be wondering who the hell that is believe it or not he was our starting nickelback this week uh against the uh, minnesota vikings and basically i learned that by the fact that the guy was everywhere making plays he's making tackles put a nice hit on adrian peterson at one point um you know really really did a, a really good job uh left towards the end of the game i think with like a, a neck slash you know possible concussion thing uh in the fourth quarter and then sheriff mcmanus bear down to sheriff mcmanus by the way who promptly comes in and then was the man victimized by Stefan Diggs for the short catch that turned into a huge play for a touchdown. That was either like the first or second play after Callahan goes out of the game. McManus comes in there and you you got to make that play, man. You got to make that tackle. And Stefan Diggs, you know, shook him out of his shoes uh, like it wasn't even funny. So and it sure as hell wasn't funny. Uh, to us bear fans watching that take place so uh, bear up to to Bryce Callahan for the performance he had before uh, having to leave the game with uh, with an injury and bear down to McManus for giving up that that play and then finally bear down special teams Um, Mark Mariani muffed two punts on Sunday too thankfully we were able to keep the ball uh, in both instances but twice I mean and you know what what jerks bear fans can be we have we have a great sense of humor i i would have uh you know i I might have left mariani off the list if uh when the bears when bear fans kind of gave him a standing ovation for catching uh the football you know you hear uproarious you know applause if he could have you know like waved to the crowd like hey thanks appreciate it you know kind of thing maybe he doesn't make the bear down list because he didn't turn the ball over in either case but um he did and it could have been even bigger 
Uh, it could have been it could have been worse than it was, and then obviously the punt return touchdown that I have beaten on whole unmercifully into the ground so far uh, in the show, being the, the you know in my opinion being the difference in the football game. So otherwise, defense played well enough to win. Offense, we could have used some more points, but scored twenty points, and you know that was good enough or should have been good enough to win the game uh, in this instance. But uh, because of that punt return touchdown, ended up not being enough. So. Bear down to special teams. You guys really need to figure out what's going on with that unit because it's getting kind of old. So <laughs> we're we're uh, you know at the halfway point in the season, and uh, you know the only special teams performance we have to hang our hat on, you still ended up giving up a huge play in the fourth quarter on a fake punt to the to the Lions. So oh man, special teams. Oh Dave Tobe, how I miss you. Anyway, that's going to do it for the Week Eight review episode of the chicago bears review come back on thursday when we will preview the bears going to san diego to face the chargers in san diego for the first time since 2007 and quite possibly for the last time if san diego is one of those teams that's moving to los angeles so uh you know could be the last time the bears are playing uh in san diego we will talk to matt stanley from bolts from the blue uh, on SB Nation about the uh, the two and six Chargers. Why are they two and six? How does he feel about them moving? Because he doesn't live in San Diego. He lives in Denver. He's another one of those SB Nation writers that is, you know, not in his own market. Go figure. But, uh, you know, we'll talk to him about that and tons more when we come back for the Week 9 preview episode on Thursday. So until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.